0: I'm Erica Keswin. Welcome to Left to Our Own Devices, a show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life. Because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. Today, my guest is Robert Passon. Robert is the chief wagon officer, yes, you heard that right, of Radio Flyer, the company that makes that iconic little red wagon. Radio Flyer was founded in 1917 by Robert's grandfather. And it's a brand that really holds a special place in people's hearts because it instantly transports them to a happy time, to the best parts of childhood. Robert earned his bachelor's in history from Notre Dame and his MBA from Northwestern University's Kellogg's Graduate School of Management, my alma mater as well. Robert is the Emmy-winning producer of the animated short film Taking Flight and author of the national best-selling book, Radio Flyer, 100 Years of America's Little Red Wagon. I know that you'll enjoy the show. Robert, it is so good to see you. Thank you for joining me today. It's great to see you, Erica. Actually, I should say Robert, a.k.a. the Chief Wagon Officer. As I said in my (laughs) intro, we have the founder, the CEO of Radio Flyer. So, I'm really excited about this conversation today. And I was thinking back about when and how we met. So to share with the audience, you and I met at TED. You know, when we think about all of these in-person events not happening these days. You and I met at one of the biggest. We were in line to get a gift bag. And one of the (laughs) things everybody always said about Ted was you just meet great people and people aren't looking down at their phones. They're looking up at each other. And literally I had just gotten to Vancouver. I went right to get my gift bag because everybody said it was such a great gift bag. And you were standing in line. We struck up a conversation and I don't know, what is it now? Maybe five years later, I don't even know. Here we are having this conversation. So,
1: I know, and you told me you told me about your the Spaghetti Project, and I was so fascinated by it. I had incredible learning just standing in line at TED. It was like a mini TED Talk just with you.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. I I appreciate it. But it's you know, in preparing for this conversation today, was thinking about all of the amazing people I have met through these conferences and in person meetings, and. I know in speaking with you about Radio Flyer, you know, you have an in-person work culture. So can you talk a little bit about it? And you as a leader are a really hands-on leader. So what happened in March when everybody or most people, I think, in your organization had to go home? And how have you helped people stay connected?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was really dramatic for us because we're, we all work here in Chicago in our office. And we have never had a work from home culture or team. And so, you know, we have lunch together every day. And so it was a huge change. So in that week, March 15th, we went from completely work in the office to almost completely work from home. And the team, you know, scrambled it into action and did an amazing job setting up all the tech and everything like that. But the first thing we did was just really ramp up communication. We went from you know, with my direct team, usually we have a weekly meeting. For those first couple of weeks, we were having a daily meeting. For the company, we always had a monthly company meeting, kind of an all hands meeting where we would talk about the business and what's going on with it. And again, all have lunch together afterwards. And we went to having a weekly company meeting. For those first couple of months, we then dialed it back a little bit. So now it's been every two weeks and it's a virtual meeting. It's a shorter meeting than we usually have. But those are some of the first things we did to increase those touch points. Wow. No, it, it
0: makes sense because people are, are nervous and they're thinking about job security. They're all of a sudden thrown in and if they have kids, they're homeschooling their kids. And and so I, I, I've yeah, I've one, seen that being a trend for many, many leaders.
1: I was going to say at one of those very first meetings, just speaking of people being nervous and, and scared, you know, we always have open Q&A. And the very first question I got at the very first meeting was, are there going to be layoffs at Radio Flyer? And fortunately, we had gone through and, and looked at that as a leadership team. And we ran a bunch of projections and assuming even if we had some really significant sales decreases, we had decided that we could not have layoffs and that we would have done a bunch of different things prior to that last resort. So at the meeting, I said, there's not gonna be any layoffs at Radio Flyer. And I think everyone was really surprised that early on, You know, I made that commitment. And really the reason I wanted to do it was because I wanted to be able to assure everyone that their jobs are safe there's enough other stuff everybody has to worry about right now let's just mm-hmm. let's just focus and focus energy on getting the job done
0: i think that in that moment even before covid but especially now for leaders to be as transparent as they possibly can and and stick to that makes a difference i've also seen some leaders, and I'm curious if this came up in your leadership style and or communications to people, but, you know, leaders who've been more human and more vulnerable, you know, just because someone is the, the CEO of the company doesn't mean that he or she doesn't have a lot of his or her own challenges during COVID. So, you know, did you find that you were more open about what was going on with your life or did, did you know, was your senior team, did they take that type of approach at all?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know if more open. I think just the frequency was different. I've always been very open and transparent with the team. And and I think that's something people have always told me they appreciate about me. But I think the frequency of it, one thing I did that I have never done was I started writing a regular email to the company. And so every two weeks, I send an email to, to everyone in the company. And it'll be just kind of like what's on my mind. And sometimes it'll be about, maybe a teachable moment. You know, I wrote one about having a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. Or sometimes it'll just be, this is what's going on with our kids driving me crazy while I'm trying to work from home, you know, and being very just real and and normal about those kind of things. And it's been really a great practice for me because I've never been one to kind of sit down and really do that kind of self-reflection and it really has helped center me also. And it helps me while I'm not seeing everyone at work, I think about the team and I think about, you know, who might be reading this and it helps me kind of connect in that way to people too. So it's been really good. It's been really powerful for both me and I've gotten lots of great feedback from the team on it also.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I didn't know you were doing that. And when I asked that question, that was exactly what I was thinking in my mind by you saying, yeah, I have a bunch of kids and they're making me crazy. (laughs) You are. You're more real, relatable. And the person who's sitting at home in a similar situation says, you know what, we're all in this together and we are all facing these challenges. Would you say that this every couple of week email has become a ritual for you and on the other end when
1: people are receiving it? Well, it's definitely become a ritual for me because I've had so a number of I, I send it out on Sunday night and I sometimes I feel like the pastor or the rabbi who's trying to come up with a sermon, you know, like I got no materials. <laughs> so it definitely has become a ritual for me. I I don't know if people are like looking out for this email. I don't I don't maybe assume that it's that important to them, but I have gotten some great responses to it. One time, one Sunday, I was like, oh my gosh, I have nothing. I got nothing. And I went for a run with my 15-year-old son and he started asking me questions about when I used to run marathons and like how I'd get through it and how I use it. And then I started reflecting on the techniques I would use going through the marathon, kind of the highs and lows of the marathon. And then at the end of the run, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great material for my email for the team. So I put it into the email, that story. So that's kind of how it works for for me.
0: Right. I I love it. I mean, it's become a ritual for you. It connects you with yourself. And I would venture to guess that for others in in the organization, if a couple Sundays went by or if a month went by and (laughs) they didn't get it, I think you'd be getting you know where are you Robert are you okay and that's how we know something's a ritual that people would start to go crazy if it's if it goes away so i would venture to say do you, do you have a name for it the sunday night email
1: i don't you know i started counting the weeks you know so the first one i did it was it's week 1 of this new way of working well the one i the, yeah and i thought oh last week on sunday it's week 31 i had right. the and I'll just kind of have whatever the the theme is, whether it's, it's like grit or gratitude, you know, part of the impact to, to me of this whole thing, like so many others is no, I haven't been traveling, which has freed up time for me. Mm-hmm. And so at one point, maybe it was like June, I was thinking about all just reflecting on all the people who've helped me through my life. And I thought, you know, now would be a great time just to send some gratitude notes to people. And What started as kind of, you know, sending a note to a teacher I had, a a mentor, I ended up writing almost 100 of these gratitude notes to people. And it was so powerful, because, um, again, it made me sit down and center myself and think about this one person at one time in my life and how they helped me. And I know it's become kind of cliched of when you're expressing gratitude, you get so much out of it. But that's how it was for me. It really helped me feel because I was feeling pretty isolated I like to connect with a lot of people I derive a lot of energy from other people and even though I wasn't physically with those people I really felt connected to them and writing those notes mm-hmm. so that was another you know thing that I shared that with the team and I recently did that with with everyone in the company too I wrote everyone notes because we're still at this thing it's just, yeah. it's such a marathon Oh, it is. Well, maybe you can call it
0: jumping on the bandwagon or something every
1: other Sunday. I think we're all ready to fall off this wagon. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true.
0: So on the topic of of rituals, which, as you know, is the topic of my new book, you know, the Mm -hmm. science shows that rituals give us as humans a sense of real psychological safety and belonging and an opportunity to connect to purpose. And you and I had a great chat, I don't know, probably two year and a half ago now about, about some of your rituals. And one of the ones that you shared with me was that every year you you throw a catered dinner for your senior team and their significant others and give everyone a gift and say something I think you said about each person. So mm-hmm. you know, I would love to know. I mean, how are you handling those kinds of things, you know, during during COVID and, and what really s- stood out in your mind about about that ritual as one that really represents the essence of, of
1: Radio Flyer? Yeah, well, that particular one with my direct team, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do because usually I do that over the summer and it didn't happen. And so I, I really don't know what I'm going to do. So that one, I don't have a good solution for. But like one of our big rituals for our whole company is it, every fall, we have what we call our anniversary celebration, and it's basically just a big company cookout and, and we have a very nice backyard here at the company and it's a you know beautiful green space and everybody brings their families and everyone gets a nice gift and so you know we couldn't do that this year, so we decided to to instead send everybody what we called just a a gratitude gift box and you know it was kind of a bunch of you know gearing up it was we had already been working from home for a while but it was gear for working at home so there was a really nice mug insulated mug that said radio fire home office you know because we have all these Radiofire fire satellite offices everywhere now and a t-shirt that said uh, we use this word phenomenal spelled f-u-n uh, to describe our culture and it's this we kind of describe it as this mix of excellence and joy so we mm-hmm. had t-shirts for everyone that said you know phenomenal quarantine uh t-e-a-m <laughs> you know and so with a note from me for everyone and then some you know stuff to eat and snacks and so we've tried to replace those things but those you know, the together stuff is really hard i mean another big ritual we have is bring your kid to work day and, and you know, this place becomes like an amusement park. We've got kids riding on stuff and playing on stuff everywhere. It's a super fun day. You, you probably so we, have
0: the best bring your kid to work day <laughs> out of any company,
1: well, maybe other
0: than Disney, but, but going around on all your fun toys and wagons. I mean,
1: how great exactly. would that be? Exactly. So we couldn't do that, but we did it virtually, and it was it was really good. It wasn't as good, though. I mean, it just it wasn't as good, but it was really, really good. And we had some kids, some of the older kids actually – you know, pitched some product ideas that they had made with Legos and sketching things. We had people with their kids on screen. And so we've tried to replace those things. But I think, you know, the the reality is everyone is really longing for the, the connections that we used to have. It's just it's not it's not quite the same. Yeah, no, I agree.
0: What about the other ritual? That is in the book that you talked about. I mean, you had a great or have a great onboarding ritual. I mean, have you hired anybody during this time? And, and how are you handling onboarding and making people feel part of this phenomenal culture?
1: We haven't hired anyone since, you know, kind of the lockdown, but we had a very robust internship program during the summer we had made offers to everyone and secured all the interns before we went to this way of working. Oh, wow. And so we decided to honor all of those commitments and have the interns come on board. So we did onboard them and a lot of their work was either from home or some was on site and from and a blend, but we did all the things that we do. Like I do a, a breakfast with the CWO, we call it, and the interns come to it and I tell kind of the story of the company and learnings, and we did it virtually, you know, so it was just a lot of, you know, what everyone's doing, Zoom meetings, but, you know, there were some interns, most of the interns who worked here this summer, I never physically met. It was just all on screen, (laughs) so it's very different.
0: Right, but I know that when you hire employees, everybody gets a book and talks about the history of Radio Flyers, so it sounds like you were able to keep many of those themes connecting the interns to the history, you know, and the things that are really important about your culture.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: Yeah, but I agree. It's not easy. But hearing you say that does give me hope that I'm not one of these people that is sitting here saying, you know, and there have been some articles, you know, the death of the office. I believe (laughs) that there is and will continue to be a very important role for the office. And maybe it's just that we're more intentional about how, when, and where we use it when we can come together. What is your take on it going from a company where they were, you didn't have a work from home culture? know, what do you think a year from now might look like?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with what you just said. I think, you know, we are going to have Uh, a hybrid working situation from now on. You know, there's a lot of benefits that people like about working from home and having more flexibility. We're going to keep that as much as we can. But we'll still, I think, have these intentional, it'll be a little bit more designed. You know, we'll have to design it a little bit more, rely a little bit less on serendipity and those serendipitous interactions. But, um, you know, when we have our monthly company meeting, we'll probably make that even into a bigger day and add you know maybe that's when we do some training in addition to the meeting and, and we'll eat together maybe sometimes we'll have dinner together or a celebration or I think so I think we'll beef up some of those key touch points and moments mm-hmm. and rituals I think rituals are going to become even more important to your point because you know it's just it's a little bit more it's it's a little bit more complicated to design the work that way when some people are here some people are not so we just have to be more intentional
0: Right. I mean, it's almost the the flip We We used to have an offsite to all go away together or connect together. And now we're going to have an onsite, right. To come and do our professional development and connect over a meal and innovate. You know, I, I, the CEO of Google had a quote recently where he said he talked about the importance of going back to the office. And he said, we are still, still living off of our relationship capital that mm-hmm. that we had when we were face to face but what happens when that starts to wear off i mean you and i met in person at line at ted you know would we maybe we would be having this conversation right now if we hadn't met in person but we're still a lot of us you know if you know you were to call me i pick up the phone and and part of that is how we met and and we had that that connection meeting in person so
1: yeah so true and i completely agree with what you said about the ceo of google like and i've said that to my team i said you know i feel like in some ways our culture is running on fumes a little bit i mean Mm -hmm. that we're we're benefiting from all the investments that we've made from these past connections and and that will that'll decline if we don't keep you know kind of charging it up like charging up the battery again Right. And tricky in a place
0: like Chicago where the winter is on its way fast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely I mean, we're not going to we don't anticipate, you know, being all together, you know, at least through the through the first quarter of next year. You know, we don't plan on being together.
0: And business in general, I assume Mm -hmm. people are outside. I assume they're buying wagons and all your great products.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, that's been one of the real bright spots for us is that going into this, we were really concerned, of course, about our sales just because of the economy and unemployment. And what we found, though, was quite different because families couldn't spend money on vacation and amusement parks and going to the zoo. Ah, uh, they spent money on our products. And so we were one of the lucky companies that mm-hmm. when you can't go on vacation and your kids are bouncing off the walls, you know, ride around the block on a tricycle to kind of a mini vacation. And it's we got so we always get kind of love letters, I call them from mm-hmm. our fans and photos of you know laughing kids that we love. But I mean, we have gotten so many great stories and photos from our fans about, how they use their wagon. There was one family that they had to have a socially distanced first birthday for their daughter. And so they had the daughter in the wagon and they took her around the neighborhood and (laughs) they used that as a way to socially distance and they decorated it. And I think our whole team here has just derived an incredible amount of satisfaction from the fact that, you know, we've been a bright spot in people's lives during this, this difficult time. And um, and it really feels good and it makes, every, it makes all that other stuff a lot more, a lot easier. And, and we really spent a lot of time reminding everyone here about that. You know, we send out those photos, we share those stories and people just love them. It, it really is a shot in the arm to, to see that, hear that. Right it's, right. it's a reminder of why you
0: do what you do and keep you positive on the really, on the really challenging days, you know, mm-hmm. which, which you need. So I want to ask you a question that I ask all of the guests on the show. And the question is, you know, we're sort of shifting gears a little bit less about the company and more about you. You know, what do you do in your life that makes you feel most
1: like you? Mm, that's a deep one. It is. It is there's a few things one is my work for sure i mean mm-hmm. my my job is my vocation it's my life's work there's nothing else i want to do and so my work is just hugely important to me and i i love it and the other thing is my family just one of the gifts of this period of time of working from home was that i got to have lunch with my wife of 26 years <laughs> regularly and go for walks and take breaks with her and yeah, I've never done We've never done that. So that's that makes me feel like me, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then I run, a, I think the third thing, I've I run a lot. I like to run. And, and during this period of time, I've been running even more. That's helped me stay sane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that from
0: a my, my friend said that to me recently. She felt like Forrest Gump, just running and running <laughs>
1: yeah. and running. Yes.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. The reason why I asked that question, and don't worry, most people pause for a long time. <laughs> when I ask it is when it's the question that I discovered as I was doing research for this book on rituals, people, I would say, do you have any rituals? Do you have any company rituals? And they're like, no, I don't think so. And and I would say to them, you know, when do employees at Radio Flyer feel most Radio Flyer-ish, you know, or most like Radio flyer employees and the senior team might have said, you know, the dinner at your house where you can barely get anybody to leave or somebody starts and they get the history of Radio Flyer, whatever that is. But I just always think it's an interesting question that tends to make people really think about, you know, their own rituals, how they connect with others, how they connect with themselves, which is, that's really what you said. I mean, it's how you connect with others at work and with your family and, and with yourself through running.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think more specifically that now when you laid it out like that, when working the the type of work that I feel the most alive or most connected with is when I'm working with the team, either creating something like a new product or a new idea or solving a problem. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, and it just, it's such high energy it's, you know, mentally challenging. It feels like I'm using my creativity and imagination. And fortunately, you know, that has continued. We've been able to do that. I mean, it's all virtual now. And I think in some ways we're doing some of our best work because it's very, very focused. Mm -hmm. Right. When you
0: you get in that zone and the Mm -hmm.
1: endorphins are just rushing. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah. No, I love it. All right. Well, that was helpful and interesting and, and really at least brought it all together for me. I want us a couple just fun rapid fire questions and, and, and we'll wrap it up. This has been great. I wish my kids were young enough to need some of your products right now. I think being home <laughs> with three teenagers, I'm sort of missing that in this, in this moment of which I could take one of my kids and walk them around the neighborhood in a, in my radio flyer wagon. Right, so yeah, no, I know. So what, um, you know, you said you weren't traveling during COVID, so you probably had more time to read books. Are you reading anything interesting?
1: I'm actually not reading a book right now. I have to say, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I've been very into How I Built This with Guy Raz. I've mm-hmm. been listening to a lot of those. And I also just started listening to this history podcast. Oh, I'm forgetting its name right now the hardcore history i've just i've been listening to hardcore history, which is really, really good, and I think very comforting I've, I've always been a big student of history. that's what I studied in college, and I always find in kind of challenging times that studying history helps remind me that there's a longer view of, mm-hmm. of the world and life and so so i I've been into that
0: you know it's funny I haven't been able to read very much during this time. I finally just read a good fiction book or two, but I had friends that kept saying they were reading and reading and I just, I could work, which I loved. And I agree with you. I was listening to podcasts, listening to books on tape. I had trouble sitting down with a book. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully that will start to shift. (laughs) And then the last question is, is there something that you, you know, a skill or something that you learned about yourself during COVID, something cool you did that you think you'll take with you when this crazy quarantine stuff is over?
1: Yeah, actually, I think the writing of these emails to the team was a really good reminder of, you know, I communicated differently in those emails than I did with the team. I was at the company meetings. I would typically just talk more, here's what's going on with the business. And the emails were a little bit more reflective. They were sharing some of my learnings, kind of some of my leadership ideas. And I think I was more of a pragmatic leader prior to doing those. So I think that's really helped me build that side of, of my leadership. And I want to make sure I keep doing that.
0: That's great. You were bringing your human to work.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really hope that the next time I see you is in person or back at Ted or when I'm coming through Chicago, but thank you. And I look forward to watching the continued success with the company and please be in touch, you know, let me know how all these rituals go and we can share best practices about how to make people feel more connected during these times. Thank
1: you so much, Erica. It's been
0: a delight as always. All right. Take care, Robert. Thank you for tuning in this week to Left to Our Own Devices. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you want to receive my monthly newsletter, text the word human to 66866. Or you can connect with me by email at Erica at SpaghettiProject.com. Stay safe, stay connected, and I'll see you next time.